thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey, everybody. I've got here my bunch of keys that I carry around with me. How many of you have got a bunch of keys? Here's a question. Can you remember... And I'd love you to put it in the chat today, okay? Can you remember the first key you ever had? Maybe it was the key to your bedroom. Maybe it was the key to your mum and dad's house. Maybe it was the key to your dad's car when he let you drive it. Maybe it was the key to your first car that you owned. Maybe the key that you remember is the key to your first house. Maybe when you get to my age, the key to the medicine cabinet. Can, you know, but keys are really important, aren't they? Because keys are symbols. They're not only like rites of passage, but they're also symbols of trust and empowerment and responsibility. And somebody trusts you with the keys. Somebody gave you some keys. Somebody called something out of you and said, you've got something worthy of having the keys. But here's the other thing is there's a bunch of keys I carry around with me every single day of my life. And I just noticed actually looking at it, there are some keys and I don't have a clue what these keys are for. Uh, have you got any keys like that? And there are some keys that I know used to open a lock that kind of I don't need right now. And there are some keys I'm thinking, what on earth is that key for? You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said to Peter, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And about 30 years later, when Jesus had gone back to heaven, Peter now is the leader of the early church and he's writing a letter, the first letter of Peter, it's called 1 Peter. And he's writing to a bunch of early followers of Jesus who are living in a different world. And it's so different because it's under the, under the emperor Nero who's persecuting the early church and nothing is like it was before. It just feels so different. And he says, do you remember? He says, Jesus said to me, I'm giving you the key to the kingdom. And Peter's reminding these followers of Jesus that those keys to the kingdom are still theirs. And what he does in this letter of Peter is he's calling out to these guys and girls and he's saying, you're living in a different world, but you're called to live differently. And you live differently when you understand and when you use the keys of the kingdom that I've given you because I've called something out in you. I see something great in you and I want you to use the keys. So week one, we looked at the key of faith, a different kind of faith. And we looked at this idea of faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. And then last week, we looked at a different identity. And we said this, when you know whose you are, then you'll know who you are. This week, we're going to look at a different calling. You see, Peter uses the word calling or call or called repeatedly through his writings. He's always talking about it. And here's the thing, you see, with calling from God, there comes a declaration from God. And here's the idea I want us to think about today. And it's this, you're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think. And you might not feel it right now. And guys, if you're here in our area in the Midlands, um, you know, in the UK on January the 24th, it's snowing and, and you're snowed in and, and you're looking and you're thinking, I don't really feel very strong. I don't even feel strong enough to go and clear the snow. But actually, you're stronger than you think if you have a relationship with Jesus. And you know, the idea of to call, when, for us, to call means we want to get someone's attention. So we call them away, Oi, you, I'm over here. Or we, or we call them on the phone because we want to get their attention. We want a conversation. 
But you know, in the Bible, to call is way more powerful than that. It doesn't just mean to get attention. You see, in the Bible, to call means you're calling something out of something, out of someone. You're naming something and actually you're calling them into that that you're naming them. Let me give you an example. There's a great character in the Old Testament. I love this story. His guy's called name is Gideon. And um, Gideon is like the, the, the youngest uh, in his family and his family is a tribe that's not great in the nation. And one day God calls him to do something about the situation in his country. And, and as he comes to Gideon, God calls him something. He calls him mighty warrior. And as he calls him mighty warrior, I can imagine Gideon looking around saying, you know, is there anyone else here? Like, who are you talking to? And, and he says, like, I'm not, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm the weak, I'm the weakest in the least. And, and the, the word he uses is literally like, I, I'm like the, it literally means I'm the bad hair day in the, in the tribe. It's like, it's like, I'm having a bad hair day. I'm, I'm weak, I'm little, I'm, I'm nothing. And you're calling me mighty warrior. That's because when God sees you, He sees you from completion. And when he saw Gideon, he saw Gideon and he said, listen, this is who you are. This is who I see. You don't see yourself right that now, but I'm calling you that because when I call, I'm calling you into something. And here's the big idea. In the Bible, you see, to call is to name and to name is to make. To call is to name and to name is to make. Because Jesus said to, to Peter when he was called Simon, and you see the, the name Simon means reed, it means unstable. But Jesus said to me, he looked at this last week, I'm now calling you Cephas or Peter because that means rock. And I'm seeing you from completion and you don't think you are that and you don't see that now. But when I call, I name and when I name, I make. You're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think. And here's the other idea that I want you to think about. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And maybe today you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you don't understand this whole calling thing. But I want to call out to you and I think God wants to call out to you that when you have a relationship with Him, He wants to do something in you and make you who He knows you are. And there are three things that we want to talk about today. And this series is a series we've borrowed from Life Church, from Craig Rochelle's church in America. They've kindly given it to churches around the world. And in that, he talks about these three dimensions, an eternal call to Christ, a temporary call to an assignment and a daily call to a different standard. And we want to look at those three ideas. I want to put some of my own thoughts in there as well. So the first thing we want to look at, if you've got a notebook, you want to write it down or put it on your phone, is this, an eternal call to Christ. There is an eternal call to Christ for every single human being on planet Earth. And Peter says it says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, we looked at these verses last week, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Jesus has called every single person on planet earth. And when we think of calling, we think of a calling to do something or to go somewhere or to be something. But ultimately, the eternal call of Christ is not to go somewhere or to do something. It's to be with someone. Jesus calls you into a relationship with Himself. You see, God calls you to a who before a do. 
God calls you to a who before a do. And if you're watching this and you've just clicked on maybe because um, it's come up on your feed or, 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 or you've been checking us out a little bit from a distance or someone from this church has invited you and, and you'd say, listen, I don't understand this relationship with God thing. God is calling you to a relationship with Him. And it doesn't mean that you have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. It doesn't mean you have to have everything sorted out. You see, Jesus literally, He didn't say to people, hey, sort everything out, follow all the rules, understand all the Bible, and then you can follow me. No, Jesus said, follow me and I'll do all the rest. And there's an eternal, there's an eternal call to Christ. He's calling you to a who before a do. And at the end of the talk, which will just be in a few minutes time, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if that's not you, to respond to that call to a relationship with Him. But as well as an eternal call to Christ, secondly, there is a temporary call to an assignment. There's a temporary call to an assignment. How do you see your life? Guys, how do you see your job right now? In fact, I'd love you to put in the chat something, okay? We don't do this all the time during the talk, but I'd love you to engage a little bit this morning. So if you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube, what was the thing you wanted to do when you grew up? Do you remember that? What was the job that you wanted to be? The, the, the job you wanted to do when you were a kid? Maybe just jot it in the chat right now because I would suggest that for most of us, if we can remember it, there was something about a calling on us. I remember the first thing I wanted to do um, when I was a kid, the first job I can remember was I wanted to be a journalist, okay? Fake news, no, we won't go there. And then I wanted to be a geologist, can you believe it? And then I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> yes, I know. And then of course, now I'm a pastor, which is like a rock, no, it's not. It's not like any of those jobs at all. What was the first job you wanted to do? Or what did you want to be when you grew up? Because I would suggest that there's a sense of calling about that. And maybe now you look at your job now and maybe you don't see it as a sense of calling. But you know, there's a classic film way back and some of you who are old enough to remember the Blues Brothers. Remember that film? And they said, these two guys, we're on a mission from God. And there's a sense in which if you're a follower of Jesus, you are on a mission from God that your job and your workplace, that's the place where actually you've got an assignment, a temporary assignment to be on a mission from God. And for some of us, that will be more obvious. So William Wilberforce was a follower of Jesus a few hundred years ago and, and he was a politician as well and a follower of Jesus. I know, I know, we're going to move on from that, okay? But he was involved in the, um, the, the fight against slavery and at a point in his life and career, he felt, I'm a follower of Jesus and here I am, a politician. And he almost stopped being a politician because he thought, I need to do something for God. I need to maybe go and be a priest. And, and, and a priest friend of his, a vicar friend of his was a guy called John Newton, who used to be a slave trader, but then became a follower of Jesus. He wrote the amazing song, the amazing song, Amazing Grace, as well as many others. He said to William Wilberforce this, it's hoped and believed that the Lord has raised you up for the good of the nation. In other words, William, don't stop being a politician because there's a temporary assignment on your life for the good of the nation. Wow. Maybe you don't see that right now about your life and about your job. But here's the thing, a guy called Oz Guinness, and I love this, he wrote a book called The Call. You ever want to go deep into this that I'm talking about? Buy that book. It's an old book. It's called The Call by Oz Guinness. And he says this, Calling is the truth that God calls us to Himself so decisively that everything we are, 
everything we do and everything we have is invested with a special devotion, dynamism and direction lived out as a response to His summons and service. What does that mean? Guys, I'll tell you what this means. Come in, I'll tell you what that means. You are on a temporary assignment. You are on a mission from God. And maybe you don't sense that calling on your life right now. Maybe you've lost that sense of calling. Maybe you're struggling in your sense of calling. Maybe you're homeschooling your kids and you think, I'm a parent and I'm homeschooling my kids and what am I called to here? Or maybe you're a, a young person and you're trying to work at online or, or you're at college or uni and you're trying to do that and you, and you think, I'm called to this. Maybe you're a med student or a, another kind of student and you think, I've lost my sense of calling. Or maybe you're trying to hold a job down right now. Or maybe you've just lost your job. And as you've lost that or you're on furlough, you've lost that sense of calling. I want you to lean in because today God wants to speak to you and God wants to call out from you again that sense of calling. And you know, I want to say, <laughs> Peter then goes on in 1 Peter 2 verse 12. And he says this, Be careful, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they'll give honour to God when He judges the world. Peter's saying, hey, the world out there is different and you're under pressure, guys. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to be different to have a different calling. Now we've got to look at some context here because the early followers of Jesus were persecuted uh, by the Emperor Nero. They also had a bad reputation to many, not to everyone, but to many. You see, some, of them, they, they, uh, some people saw them as superstitious because they heard things about miracles. And they also saw them as incestuous because they had what they call agape feasts or love feasts. And they, and, they, and they talked about each other as brothers and sisters and they greeted each other with a holy kiss and, and they were called incestuous. They were also seen as cannibals, believe it or not, because their founder Jesus said, take and eat of my body. And so these early Christians were seen as superstitious, incestuous cannibals. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're hopefully not seen like that, but we have a reputation as well. And you only have to read the press or social media or, or talk to, to, to your friends or, or to people who don't know Jesus to know that actually we have a reputation as well. Sometimes people see us as judgmental or self-righteous or narrow-minded or bigoted or irrelevant or weak. But you know, here's the thing. Peter's saying, hey, if you want to change the reputation... It's not going to be by the words that you speak, but by the life that you live. That's how you're going to change the reputation. And that's how you're going to be different. And that's how you're going to show difference to a watching and a waiting world. And I think we have an issue um, in terms of Christians at the moment with this word evangelical. Okay, which, which has been associated with political ideologies. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But Peter calls Jesus... He calls Jesus' followers to live properly, to live such good lives, to live honourable lives. And that brings us to the third calling. And this is the one I want to major on. And it's this, a daily call to a different standard. Guys, if you're a follower of Jesus, and if you're not right now, then you can maybe watch it and just check it out and say, hmm, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus then. And it doesn't kind of uh, affect you right now if you, if you don't say that you're a believer. But if you are a follower of Jesus, this affects every single one of you. 
You see, the world won't be convinced by what you believe, by what you say, but by how you behave. You see, here's here's three questions for you, okay? Do you love God? Do you love your neighbours? Do you mind if I ask them? Ouch. Doesn't that get there? Do you love God? Yeah. Do you love your neighbours? Of course I do. God calls me to. Do you mind if I ask your neighbours? Hey, does your neighbour love you? Do you know that? Because that's where the rubber hits the road. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. And when we've got a bad reputation, one of the best defence, as the Americans say, is an offence. In other words, one of the best ways when you're being attacked is not to go back in the same way, but to try something different. And the best kind of way of of defending sometimes is to attack, not, not in a bad way, but in a good way. If you're a football fan, then you'll know it's the Leeds United way right now. You score three, we'll score four. And that's a great strategy, I think. I love it. But you know, here's the thing. One of the other big characters in the New Testament as Peter is the guy Paul. And he writes from a prison cell, from lockdown. And he writes to to the church at Philippi. And he writes in Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16. He writes these incredible words. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Isn't that important and so difficult? How many of you find this really hard? I know I do. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Be different. That's what Paul's saying as well. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Paul says, and he'd echo what Peter says, when you live differently, when you understand that you're called, when you understand that you're stronger than you think, when you understand that actually you're, there's an eternal call to Christ and there's, a, there's a, a temporary assignment, but there's a daily call to a different standard, then Paul would say, and then you'll shine like stars in the heavens. And here's the thing about stars. Stars are always shining. They're always out, but you only see them in the night. You only see them when it's dark. And here's the thing. Stars shine the brightest when the night is at its darkest. And guys, as I speak this message out, we're coming into month 10, I think it is, of of the coronavirus situation. The numbers are terrible around at the moment. There's good things happening with vaccinations and, and, and other stuff. And so we see light in the tunnel as well as light at the end of the tunnel. But it is a dark season right now. Listen, if you're part of the church, and I don't mean part of Life Central, I mean part of the church, this is our season. This is our season to shine like stars. This is our season to be different. Are we different on social media? Are we different with the words that we speak? Are we different in our offices? Are we different in our schools, in our classes, in our neighbourhoods? We're called to a different standard. And when you're called to be different, you will get criticised you know, I get criticised fairly frequently as a church leader. And do you know, it used to really bother me. It still bothers me. It doesn't kind of damage me or destroy me in the way that I think it used to do. But we're going to get criticised. You're going to get criticised whatever you do. So why don't you decide to shine like the stars in the darkness, eh? Why don't we decide to do something with our one and only life? Why don't we decide that we wanna, we're not going to just let the apathy or let the negativity or let the despair go on around us because we've got hope and we want to bring it. 
You're going to get criticised whatever you do. So let's choose to do something amazing with it. And here Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 15, It is God's will that your honourable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. The best way to quieten the critics is to live a different life. Live a different calling. How do we shine so that God is glorified? You know, guys, we are living in history making season right now. Not only COVID, but post-Brexit and with all the political upheaval uh, across the water there in America and the racial tension and all this. We are living in history-making season. And I want to speak politically for a moment. I don't want to speak party politically, but I do want to speak politically for a moment. And I don't speak politically very often, but I do want to today. And I hear a phrase a lot at the moment. I hear it in the UK and I hear it in the US about the greatness of a nation. We want to make the nation great. And I'm listening and the words I'm hearing when I hear that idea is words like wealth and power and strength and reputation. Nothing wrong with any of those words. But when I lean into the Scripture and I lean into the Bible, And I lean into my understanding of the heart of God. What makes a nation great? Do you know some of the words that you're going to hear? It's things like justice, truth, mercy, goodness. Where the outsiders included, where the vulnerable are upheld, where the marginalised are drawn in, where the poor are loved and served. That's what makes a nation great. And guys, we are on a mission from God We have been called into a mission with God. And here's the thing. If God says our mission is to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. Well, here's, here's, lean in, lean in, listen, listen. I have a neighbour on my left and a neighbour on my right and I'm in the middle. See where I'm going with this. So politically, it doesn't matter whether my neighbour is on the left or whether my neighbour is on the right. Politically, I'm called to love both of them. I don't have to have the same opinions of them politically, but I'm called to a different standard to love those on my left and on my right. And guys, I want to just throw a few words at you. And I just wrote these down. It was like a download I felt God gave me. I think shining like the stars means we're going to be called to love irrationally, serve faithfully, give generously, forgive freely, support gladly, speak truthfully, encourage regularly, restore gently and comfort empathically. And if we were to do those things, I think we'd see a different world, wouldn't we? We'd certainly see some light and some brightness in our darkness. But you know, you're going to say, hey, Leon, you're preaching up a storm there and that's great. That sounds great. But hey, that's going to take something that I don't have. That's going to take bravery. Like you took those early Christians, incredible bravery when they were in persecution. We're not in persecution, but we do get criticised and it is difficult and it's going to take bravery. And you're right, it is. But here's the thing I want you to know. We have a thing at the church um, that it, over a weekend or, or on a holiday where one of us as pastors will say, well, I'll be on call. And so we're like, so, so, so I'm the pastor on call. Here's the truth, guys. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a pastor on call all the time. 
because the word pastor really means kind of like the priest and the priest literally means the bridge builder, the one that builds the bridge between God and man. As we said last week, you're the only Jesus some people may ever see. You are chosen by God. You are called by God. You're on a mission from God. And yes, that's going to take bravery. I don't know how many of you saw this lady, <laughs> the youngest poet laureate in history and uh, uh, the youngest poet uh, uh, to, to speak at the inauguration of the US president, uh, Amanda Gorman. And wasn't it amazing? And at the end, there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Guys, listen, you're braver than you think because you're stronger than you think. And, and here's the truth. You're stronger than you think because we have to remember it's God who calls us. It's God who calls us. And remember we said right at the start, to call is to name and to name is to make. 1 Peter 2 verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in His steps. Guys, I want to say to you today, I don't know what you're facing right now. You don't feel that you're strong. You don't feel that you're brave. It's okay. Because the one who calls you, you see my favourite Bible verse is 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. So to be called by God isn't just, oi, I'm over here is I'm calling something out of you and I'm calling something in you and you will become what I see you. And you are stronger than you think because I am calling it out of you. And you are braver than you think because I am calling it out of you. Guys, right now, I know some of you out there and you are needing bravery right now. You're facing a tough situation. Maybe at school or college or work or in the home or relationships or financial or health. Maybe some of you out there, whenever and wherever you're watching this and you're in our hospitals caring for so many people who are sick right now and, and you're struggling under the weight of that and you, you just think, I just don't have the bravery or the strength any longer. Guys, you have what it takes because the one who created you is calling it out of you. And guys, we have a treat for you today. Chris and Abby Eaton, part of our church, wrote a song and called You've Got What It Takes to Be Brave. And as you listen to this song and, and, and watch it and listen to these words, let God by His Holy Spirit come and not only speak these words over you, but call this out of you. Then I'm going to come back and give you an opportunity to respond to Him. But right now in these moments, wherever, whenever, whatever is going on, receive again the strength and the bravery that Jesus has for you because the one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. You've got what it takes to be brave. You've got what it takes to be brave. Hey, but you know, Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling every single one of us and He's calling us to be different. And there's an eternal call to Christ. And maybe right now as you're watching this, you never said yes to Jesus. You've never asked Him to lead, to be the Lord and the leader of your life. You can do that right now. There's going to be a, a way that you do that in the chat. Something will come up and you can respond and you can just say, hey, that's me. I want to do that. I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want to pray for you right now. 
And so, so just join with me. And, and if that's you, wherever, whenever you're watching this, all you need to do wherever you are is just say yes. Just say yes. Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender my life to you. I hear your call to a relationship with you. I want to turn from my life and I want to put my faith and my trust in who you are. Be the Lord and the leader of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that then we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you on that journey. But you know, maybe you're not quite ready for that. But you know, Laura earlier on in our service said that we run something here, a course called the Alpha Course. And it's really simple that you, you just sign up for that. It's going to come up on the screen now. You can take your phone out right now. You can just text LCC Alpha and your name to 60777. Or you can follow the link in the chat. So if it was me, I'd go LCC Alpha, Leon Evans to 60777. Someone will respond and then we'll give you the Zoom code. And we meet on a Monday night for an hour, ask questions about faith, the eternal call to Christ. But you know, there's also a temporary call to an assignment. And I'm aware that for some of us right now, that assignment that we feel is under pressure. Maybe the job that you're in is under pressure, or maybe it's not your job, but, but actually for many of you, you feel called, maybe not so much in your job, in your work situation, but you feel called voluntary and you're serving Maybe you feel called to work with children or young people or elderly, or you feel called to work with the poor and the marginalised. And maybe right now, you can't do that in the way that you were doing it. Guys, especially Life Central. Listen, you can serve right where you are. You can make a difference right where you are. And if you're under pressure right now and you're feeling that you're struggling with no sense of calling, we'd love to pray for you. And again, there's a prayer response going to come up in the chat. And we'd love you to fill one of these, say one for me, next step prayer response. And, and our team, we pray for you guys all the time. But you know, the third thing that we said with Jesus calling is He's calling every single one of us who say we're followers of Jesus. We say we love God. We say we love our neighbours. And if you were to ask them, you see, we're called to a different standard. And if we were in the room here now at this point, I'd say to everyone in the room, okay, who wants to do that? Who wants to put their hand up or who wants to stand? Of course, we're not in the room, but you're in your room, wherever you're watching this from. And so I want to encourage you to respond and say, Jesus, I'm available. I want to put my hand up and I want to be called and I want to hear your call and I want to live a different standard, daily a different standard. And as we uh, finish today, we're going to sing a song. This is a great song that Raya and our worship team are going to lead us in. It's called Available. And it's just that idea about, you know, God saying who will go for us and us saying, hey, I'm available. I hear you call. Jesus, I hear you calling and I respond. As we sing this song, why don't you respond to Jesus? And then I'll just come back at the end and wrap up. This is an amazing song. This is Available. Guys, thank you so much for connecting with us for this short time together. But you know what? I want to say one final thing as we finish. You know, you may have been kind of stirred and say, that sounds great. How do I do that? Here's the thing. We're not transformed by information. We are transformed through application. That's where our small groups that we call connect groups are so important. And I want to encourage you this week as your connect group meets, go along. 
Yes, it's on Zoom. And yes, you're talking about the same kind of stuff that I've talked about. But the, the, the key isn't the information. The key is the application. What does this look like? What does it look like for me to be called to live to a different standard? What does it mean for me to, to, to be like a light that shines like a star in the darkness? What does it mean for me to be a good neighbour to those on my left and those on my right? And together we discover and we help and we encourage and spur one another on. 